and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatties and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And today I'm coming to you guys live from the Chessick Center. We just finished up with the NIU press conference leading into game week for Georgia Tech. I'm joined by Georgia's own Devin Lafayette. Devin, how are you today, man? Hey, homecoming game. We were talking a little bit before we started. I know we talked a little bit in the press conference about it, but you got fam- family and friends coming to this week's game. It's going to be, you know, somewhat of a homecoming for you. Yeah, I got a bunch of like 13 people that's trying to come to the game. Well, I'm going to get my family at first, but then I'm going to have my friends on to it. You know, as the week continues to go on, people are like, oh, wait, that's where Devin goes. Well, maybe he'll put me on the ticket list. But going into this week, you know, Georgia Tech was a little bit of a down opponent, but they run you know, relatively 50-50 on offense, defense. I watch a lot of their games. They average about 200 apiece on each. What would you guys say you have to do to get ahead of that type of attack where it's like we talked about the quarterback can run, he can hurt you with his legs, but he can also hit you with a deep ball? Yeah, our main mindset at practice is stopping the run. So what we're going to try to do is make him throw the ball because we find that on film he's not consistent throwing the ball. So we just want to attack the run, attack the quarterback, attack the running back, and make him use his arm to see if he can really throw the ball. Yeah, and I was going to say, James James said it perfectly in the press conference. We're just going to flat out get the run game out of there and make him beat us with his arms. So I think that's a perfect strategy, um, a great opportunity for you guys to a non-conference game. We had an all-max schedule last year, so your first non-conference game. And uh, I believe it would be your first game in front of a big crowd. How excited are you for that opportunity? I am extremely excited. Just the feeling of having fans screaming, just the the stadium rocking loud, the crowd. I'm just overall excited. And it's like it's almost, it almost makes last year, I guess it, it takes away from how much last year stunk where it's like, yeah, I can't have my family or friends at the game. But that first one, week one, game one, you're down there in front of your friends and family playing in the state that you grew up in. So those are those are what dreams are made of. But going into this summer, and I guess you would say spring camp, how did you stay in such great shape? I saw you out there at the spring camp, balling out, getting interceptions, doing your thing. How was your uh, summer training regimen, I guess? Uh, summer, we I attacked it every day, I feel like. So with Juni, you provide a good workout plan for the team. And if you just come and attack it, you'll get in shape. We do plenty of running, so therefore, you're going to be forced to get in shape. So it's just overall, just like, trusting Juni's, our sports trainer or whatever. Just trusting his process, and you'll be good. And then you had mentioned that you stayed out here this summer. Did we get you out of the dorms? You living with some of your friends now here on the team? Yeah, I'm living with Dave and Miles McGee. All right, there we go. That's quite a, quite a little squad right there. And it's always good to see you guys get out of the dorms. I don't know why they still make people live there for that one year, but I guess it's a, it's a college rite of passage, right? Yeah, I guess. So it's kind of brutal, but now you get to live with the guys. So going into this season, the way I look at it last season, it was kind of unknown what you were going to be in. Week in and week out, you just answered the call, all-conference player. What would you say you have to do to build on that performance and have an even better season? I feel like I just need to – how I played last year, I feel like the way I played in the spring and the fall compared to that is just like two times faster. So I just feel like I'm going to make more plays. I'm going to have more opportunities now that's 12 games. So I feel like in order for me to stack on that, I just got to go out there and do my 111. 
Yeah, I love that. The one the one of your 11. That's the perfect way to put it. And, you know, looking at last season, not too many positives, but you can confidently say it gave you the opportunity to really get your, your legs under you in college football and get adjusted from that next level. What would you say your biggest takeaways were from like that first year in college moving up from high school? Confidence, because, you know, you're going, going into college, you're facing people who's maybe 20, 21 years old, and you're just 18. So, yeah. like, once you build your confidence, I feel like it's, football is just a lot easier. Like, it got to the point last year where it just started feeling like high school football. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, you know, you've always been one of those guys where sideline to sideline, 110%, hearts never in question. So, it's like we know we're going to – you know we're going to get with you, and, you know, the performances usually end up being over a certain level, and we continue to hope that you stay at that level, but – I just, you know, looking at this game after the last season, after everything, you know, we didn't win any games, anything like that. What are you looking forward to most about getting these 12 new opportunities, a fresh slate to get back out there, win some football games, and hopefully be, go bowling? Uh, I'm, the main thing I'm looking forward to is, you know, winning with my teammates because I haven't got that enjoyment yet in college. So, like, I want to just build it, like, the bond, the chemistry after winning because I feel like once we win one, it's – uh, go on a streak. Yeah. So I know this might be, I guess you say personal, but do, are we going to give Hammock a little, a little Gatorade bath out there on Saturday if we pull it off? That's the plan. Let's go. Some Gatorade. Do we have what? What do we? Uh, what do we usually rock with the color on the side? We red Gatorade guys because we're the Huskies. Uh, I mean, it depends. Sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's green. It's just whatever the trainers want to throw in there. Uh, for some reason, the Gatorade that you get at like on like the sideline just slaps so much harder than the one that you get in the store. It's like indescribable. It tastes so much better. It's like when you make like Kool Aid or like uh, Crystal Light, where it's just like you just keep adding sugar. You keep adding sugar. But yeah, um, I got one final one. I may have asked you this before, but. An NFL player that you model your game after at the safety position? Uh, I kind of would say Jamal Adams. A lot of people compare me to Jamal Adams just because I'm I like that. more of a physical player. So. Yeah, come up and smack you yeah. in the mouth. Perfect. And then I just need one more thing from you, and that will be your social media so we can grab you some extra followers here. But uh, where can we follow you at on Instagram and on Twitter? On oh, Instagram, it would be D-E-V-I-N dot L-A-F-A-Y-E-T-T-E underscore and Twitter. I'll save you on that one. All right. But I do actually, I skipped over the final, final question. And this is more of a personal one on on individual level. What are three goals that you have for yourself this season? Could be academic, could be on the field. For myself, I kind of want to get a 3.8 GPA. Okay. I want to get first team all conference and I want to be a all-American. That'd be my okay. goal. The trifecta right there. Year. Perfect. And for everyone that's uh, waiting on that Twitter, was it the Twitter or the Instagram handle? I can't even Twitter. remember now. Twitter? Okay. I'm going to get the Twitter handle out there and it'll be uh, it'll be in the description for the episode. But second time, you know, here on the show, Devin, I really do appreciate you taking the time and everything you do here for the program and definitely have some fun out there. Say hi to the family and enjoy it because it's, you know, those are the things that you can't you can't recreate. These are college football memories that are going to last a lifetime. So I'm really happy for you, brother, and you do very well out there on Saturday, all right? Appreciate it. Brother. So it was Devin Lafayette from NIU here, our starting strong safety, the Georgia kid going back home for his first full-capacity game in front of the fans. He's going to have friends and family out there. Look for a big performance and look for that number three making big plays in the defensive secondary. Real quick, 
Uh, we're going to be moving on to defensive lineman James Esther. And then towards the end of the episode, we'll get into a little bit of a game and a season preview. We appreciate you, Devin, here for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you out there on Saturday. Thank you for having me. Perfect. All right, everyone. We just finished up with NIU safety Devin Lafayette, and now we are moving to the defensive line with our friend, friend of the program, birthday boy, James Esther. It was his <laughs> birthday yesterday. Uh, he's got a game the week of his birthday going down to Georgia Tech in a, in a non-conference game, and the first game with fans in over a year. So I'm going to start off with the hot, the hot question. You have a game falling the same week as your birthday. Would a season opening win on the road against a non-conference power five be the best birthday present be, you ever got? It'd be very present. Just a boneyard victory. That's what we call it. would be yeah. great to bring that home. Junkyard dogs going out there, grinding it out. Let's say like 21-17, like a real ugly, yeah. like white knuckle game. Yes, so being from Michigan, obviously our championship game is held in Michigan. I'm not saying we have to get there this year, but you have a little bit of time left in your career here. What would it mean to eventually play in a MAC championship at Ford Field? It would be amazing. I mean, I know my whole high school team will be there, my family. It, just, it would be a great feeling, so hopefully we can get there this year. That's, that's the goal. I was looking at your your player notes and just like your high school, it looked like you were Michigan Player of the Year uh, or like the MVP on your team. Uh, defensive MVP. Defensive yeah. MVP, and then you were like all-state, all-conference yeah. player. Yeah, I was looking at that. That's awesome. I did also see you play linebacker. So uh, when did that? When did this all change? When did you become a defensive line? When they make you put your hand in the ground? Uh, originally, I came in wanting to play running back. I was only about like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, my first yeah. year, like probably 160 pounds, 165 pounds. Then like during like my freshman year, they kind of moved me to linebacker. Then I ended up like – kind of like our uh, drop position that like you'll see Mike Kennedy at like where he's yeah. standing up coming off the edge stuff like that yeah so, kind of like the modern day defensive end yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of we call it that an outside linebacker so I played that position and I also played defensive end majority of the time but yeah that was that's where the linebacker listing comes from I'm like trying to uh imagine you like next to Lance and like Nick <laughs> Routine and I'm just like that's that's so yeah. mean to running backs to do that <laughs> but yeah. all right so all right, so this is this is a fun one, and I like to ask this to all the defensive players. I asked it to Devin last time I had him on the show over the summer. Fourth and goal at the one, and he will listen. I'm sure he always does. Mm-hmm. You and Coach Hammock, who wins? He's in his prime year in your prime. Fourth and you one. might not even be at your prime yet, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You and Coach Hammock, fourth and one. Fourth and Coach, one. Me. Coach Hammock knows. He knows that's over. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, y'all saw the whole uh, Caleb Huntley from – Ball State, so come on. Now. Yeah, no, yeah, and Caleb Huntley, he's what is big. he, 5'11", 235? He's, he's like Jerome Bettis. He's a yeah. big boy. Coach, come on. Be All right, so your first semester back in person over a year. Uh, what are you majoring in, and how is everything going so far? It's been about a week and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm a communication media studies major, so, I mean, everything's been going pretty well for me. My only two in-person classes are, like, Spanish, and uh, I have, like, a freedom of speech ethics class that yeah. I'm taking. Yeah, every, everything's been going pretty smoothly so far. As a Cobbs graduate, I, I suggest to you, please take a class with Matt Swan. Matt Swan is the man. I don't I've know. Had Swan. Swan is the absolute changer. goat. Yeah, yeah like he Swan. has like that that old school, like 80s Jeopardy voice. And mm-hmm. then he'll show you some of his old commercials yeah. and stuff. And I'm pretty sure his son actually played quarterback here, if oh, I'm really? not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. a while I had, back. I had but. like a film class with him, and then I had another. Isn't that crazy how we sign up for comms and then we just turn into movie nerds and now every time you watch a movie from here on out, you're like, oh my God, that's, uh, what is it? I can't think of it now. It's on the top of my head. Uh, it's, it'll come to me later, but you're thinking of all the different ways that they're shooting the movie yeah. and, and setting stuff up and you're like, hey, I learned about that in yeah, school. I never, honestly, I never really thought that would even be like 
like a huge part. I really was thinking more like journalism. Stuff yeah. Now I'm thinking of it. It's master scene technical. So it would be like someone's taking a shot over my shoulder. Someone's taking a shot over your shoulder. Yeah. And then someone's sitting right here taking a shot of both of us. That's what it was. Yeah. All right. So I know I asked you in the press conference. I'm actually quite fascinated by the kid I watched a lot. I mean, I, on Saturdays and Sundays, all I do is watch football. So I watched a lot of ACC last year being a Notre Dame fan as well. Yeah. I saw Jeff Sims. And kind of like what Devin was talking about, what you were talking about in the press conference, but tell our listeners how we're going to get this guy out of his rhythm and what we need to do to make sure that he's not able to hurt us with both his arms and his legs. A big thing is just hit him early on the offense, stop his run game, and uh, just make him throw the ball, like I said earlier. I mean, obviously, he's a talented kid, but I mm-hmm. mean, his, his statistics don't show that he's the greatest in the yeah. passing game. He, he's very he's averaged about 12 carries per game from, our, from what we have on him. So it's like... His run is, is a huge portion of their offense, so if we shut that down, that should be able to open it up for our DBs to come and make plays, Jordan Gandy, Jordan Hansen, just on the back end, do some big things. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He had 120 carries last season, so that's about 12 a game. Mm-hmm. Probably going to get probably like three or four a quarter, but he uh, he's quick, and I want to say when I was talking to Coach Hammock about it yesterday, he – he described his deep ball. Like he's like Devin talked about it perfectly. He's not very consistent, mm-hmm. but he has like that deep ball where it's like, you don't want to get caught sleeping on the back end, but I try, I trust those guys back there with my yeah, life. Sure. So you guys too up front, you guys have a very good group where, you know, it's going to be hot out there. There's probably going to need to be some rotating, but super deep at each position. So it'll be a good opportunity. And like coach Hammock said, with no, with no depth chart going into this week, I think that's awesome. It leaves an element of surprise. And it's yeah. like, we're so deep at every position. Just keep firing. Keep letting more guys come out. Keep letting more guys ball out. Um, all right, so you switched now to defensive line, but who is someone that you model your game after, on the, maybe on the defensive end? or? Uh, def, I'm a, a huge uh, Chris Jones fan, defensive tackle. From, is he with the Chiefs now, yeah, right? Yeah, Chiefs. he just got the bag, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Sure. yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's much bigger than me, but he's just a, a, definitely a huge presence on the inside. I like Fletcher Cox, just – yeah. Those type of guys, just big nasty guys who can get out. Can't move them. Can't move them off the ball for yeah, anything. It's for like sure. you got to double team them either way. Yeah. And then, so you grew up in Michigan. Are you a Lions fan? No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Well, it's still a lot of pain with the Falcons. Yeah, but, for sure. For but sure. um, Super Bowl. So, <laughs> that game, bro. I couldn't believe it. I uh, I guess I I haven't been. Well, I well I was at the Bears Super Bowl when they went, but it was never. It was like we scored that kickoff, and I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, it was Peyton Manning versus Rex Gross, and we all knew how that was going to end. So, Falcons is your favorite team. Um, Did you have, like, a favorite player, like, growing up to, or is it just currently Chris Jones? Uh, It was definitely, uh, like, back then when I was was playing running back as a Little League player, too. I was a huge Michael Turner fan. It's crazy how he ended up here. And I didn't even know that he went here until I got here, but yeah. I'm going to try and find it for you. There's like an old school, like this is probably before your time, but our listeners will know like a Zango website or like a MySpace website of just like, it's called turnoftheburner.com. And it's like, it's hilarious. If I find it, I'll send it to you uh, on Instagram or something after. Yeah. And he was a beast dude with the chargers. And I feel like they always had like one, two, one or two backs, even after LT it's like, Danny Woodhead was a good – and he came yeah. out of virtually nowhere. Uh, but he's he's a great back as well. So, all right. So, 
party in the backfield, you get a sack. Are we going to get like a signature celebration or do you have something <laughs> in the bag working for that? Uh, honestly, it'll be whatever comes to my head. Okay. More of a freestyle guy. Coach yeah. Hammock's not mad if he, he let off a quick little dance yeah. after it. Not, I mean, yeah, it would have to be some quick nothing that we can get penalized for. Yeah. Even if it, like, even if it does like slide by in that game, he'll definitely say something if it was too, if it's too much. I have a favorite linebacker who plays for the Dallas Cowboys now. He played at Notre Dame and he still has the same like signature sack move and he just like runs and just like does the the little the little grab off the ground but yeah it's it's always good to see you know if you're in the backfield enough you know you got to have a little a little bit of a party back there I'll ask you similar to how I asked Devin so you can use academics you can use on the field but what are three goals that you have for yourself this year and you're now a captain too which is huge for you know was it we'll call it the freshman but not really a freshman I guess either it's okay. I'm an older guy in college yeah. too. It, it happens. But what would you say your three goals though are for this season? Uh, definitely for me, just establishing myself more in the past game, being a first team all conference guy and ultimately being an all American. I like that. And it's, it's something that's very attainable. And, and I think too, we talk about this often on the show where it's like the Mac conference. I don't know if you, you may not have listened to it. So when I was out there in Detroit, they gave out this little, you know, pamphlet similar to what we get here, game notes and stuff. Yeah. And I kept mine, but I also crumpled it up because I always keep all this stuff and just kind of keep it for my own my own self. And and I look at it and it's got us listed last. And I looked at Coach Hammock and I'm like, it's, you know, this is bulletin board material. And he's like, we don't even pay attention to that. And I'm sitting there in a room with all of, you know, the other media guys. And I'm like, you know what? They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like they'll they'll see come. Was it September 5th? Now it'll be it was 4th or the 5th. But the game is the 4th. The 4th, September 4th. Out there, I think it's Bobby Dodd Stadium down there in Georgia Tech. It's going to be a great opportunity for you guys. And and the thing that we talked about, even if it was just for a couple minutes last time, it's like last year's last season's gone. Yeah. I know we have a lot of the same players, but the way to look at it in a positive manner is is you guys all grew. Yeah. You were all together for that year, and now you're going into battle one year stronger, one year smarter. And and one of the things that I talked about with him too, you know, you look a little bit. A little bit bigger. A lot of the guys look a little bit bigger. How is that strength and conditioning program? I see the the workout videos, and I see everything. Yeah. they put you through some crazy workouts. Yeah, I mean, Coach Dooney, Coach Dooney definitely knows what he's doing. Sometimes it, it can feel like it's a little bit crazy, but he, he definitely knows what he's doing. He, I think he's preparing guys to play their best football. I, and for, from a lot of guys' standpoint, you haven't even seen what they can do. So. And then I got I got two more. So senior year, you've walked across the stage. The moving truck is packed. You're really hungry. Where are you going to eat and what are you getting? What, just like in just in DeKalb. DeKalb yeah, just in DeKalb. Ah. Could be literally anywhere. Uh, honestly, I really started getting into uh, Giordano's, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because you don't have deep dish pizza down there. They I mean, got like yeah, Detroit do, style. It's, it's, not, it's, not the, it's not like that. Not it's, the same? Definitely not. Okay. Yeah, Giordano's it's is extremely good. Chef's kiss. That's some of the best stuff. Um, I love the deep dish. I love the thin crust, all that. I like yeah. an I like a nice, like thin, crispy thin crust. That that's always good too. But um just kind of a two part. Um, who are some of your best friends on the team? And then obviously do you have roommates that you're living with on the team? Uh yeah. I mean, I think the guys I'm the closest with are my roommates. Okay. Messiah Travis and uh, Jeff Griffin. But I mean like as a D line, I think we're pretty close. Yeah, well. you guys so, have a tight knit yeah, group. Yeah, sure. Coach Gable keeps you guys nice and tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say too. Messiah Travis has had a phenomenal camp. I I looked at, you know, the way he was performing in the indoor practice when I came out for media day. Mm -hmm. And then just even uh, all the way back to what was it, maybe April or May. Mm -hmm. What are you expecting from him? Because this is going to be like his first real opportunity to get that 
that maybe slot position or maybe number two behind Tyrese. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely going to be a coming out season for him. He's always had the tools. I mean, now we just get to see it put on display. I, mean, for, I know for him, he was kind of slow coming on, getting everything down with the playbook. But now that he's had a few years to be in the system and understand everything that Coach Eismas wants him to do, I think it's gonna, I think people are going to be very surprised. Kind of a crowded room, but let it be known, I won the Bolitnikoff Award with Messiah Travis on NCAA Football 14. Oh, yeah. So. Let it be you. let it be known. I did win the Bolitnikoff with him. So <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. Um I gotta get a new season going with with the updated rosters. Yeah. Get playing on that. But real quick, where can our uh, our listeners find you at on social media? Uh, on Instagram it's uh four two Esther E S T E R and then uh Twitter is J two Esther E S T E R. And then I have kind of like a meatball question, but as a defensive lineman single digit number you're the man now you know that carries a different type of weight what does that feel like knowing you're you know when they're watching film they're like hey that number one he's a problem yeah i mean it, it definitely feels good i mean in high school i, I wore uh, number six so. yeah and like even in little league i was number one for a while so i mean it just feels good to be back in that number and they always say look good play good so feel good they pay good and if you get to the nfl you can take the one with you too so so, yeah perfect well that was james esther defensive lineman here from michigan now here at niu and uh you know he even even going back to when he was a little kid he like he didn't know turner was an niu player but he's always had a little bit of a connection here and and now he gets an opportunity out here to get a non-conference game up against georgia tech on saturday wish you nothing but the best man and thank you very much for joining me appreciate it All right, everyone, we just wrapped up with NIU safety Devin Lafayette and NIU defensive lineman James Esther ahead of our week one clash with Georgia Tech down there at Bobby Dodd Stadium, uh, the homecoming game for Devin Lafayette. This is the perfect statement game for this team and an opportunity to really start the season on the right foot. I personally think, and we'll get into that in a little bit later. I have some very important news for the show. Um, there was an announcement made from the Twitter page. There's been a lot of uh, meetings and talks and just discussions over the last few months with these people, but it only made all the sense in the world to bring them on board. And, and I'm happy to announce that the presenting sponsor of this podcast is now Fatty's Pub and Grill, located right here at 1312 West Lincoln Highway. Fatty's Pub and Grill is proud to be the, the presenting sponsor of Huskies on Tap. Come on by, see why Fatty's is the place to be before and after every home game. And when the team is on the road, make sure to get over to Fatty's. They play all away games. They have away game watch parties, and they will carry every single game all season long. On Tuesday nights, though, this is the kicker. This is the best part. This is something that I've dreamed about since I was that little six-year-old kid that used to wake up and watch SportsCenter. Tuesday nights on seven, seven different dates with the first date being next Tuesday. So a week from the time I'm recording this, you guys will hear this on Wednesday. So six days from when you guys hear this, we will be live at Fatty's doing a live podcast, a live show, still to be determined who we're going to be joined by, but it's going to be a great opportunity just to get fans out there with the players, with the coaches, with myself, still kind of doing a little bit of work trying to figure out the avenues on which way we can get players and coaches to appear. Don't have anything set in stone yet, but the thing that is set in stone is Fatties. They're our presenting sponsor. They're the new home to our live podcast and our live shows. And I can't wait to do business with them. I've been there a gazillion times to eat dinner, lunch. I've gotten carry out during finals, you know, the little Husky burger at the end of my studying. You know, I've been there for, Husky games. I've been there for 
New Year's parties, Halloween parties, and on dates there, everything. One of the most versatile places in DeKalb, a great beer garden, especially with this fall weather that we get in this area, to go watch a Husky game if they're on the road because if we're at home and you listen to this podcast, my challenge to you, if you're not a member of the team or the athletic department, is to get your buns in one of those seats. And I know it's not the most comfortable, so maybe bring uh, one of those seat toppers or cushions to uh, stay comfortable, but or ball out, get a suite, stay up there in the nice area. But either way, could not be happier uh, with the deal that we have been presented with Fatties and can't cannot wait for this season to start and just get this in rotation so that we can get out there and have live shows and really put a face with the name because – you know, now, as you guys have seen the last three episodes, we've been able to get live interviews. And, you know, I'm sitting right next to Devin and I'm sitting right next to James and, and all these guys that we've had on the show recently. And in the first year of the show, that really wasn't possible. And it was due to stuff that was out of our control. So it's it's not that big of a deal, but it, it just it means so much more. It feels so much more different. And just being in that room today for Coach Hammock's press conference, I mean, phenomenal, probably about 15, 20 minutes. And then they had Cole Tucker, uh, Devin Lafayette, and James Astor there to talk about the team. But enough of that. I am super excited and ecstatic for this season and to continue to grow this show, grow this audience, grow NIU Athletics, and let's have fun. I'm not set in stone on this, but I do believe that the quote-unquote Huskies on tap tailgate presented by Fatties will be main week. Uh, I was instructed not to do it the first week. I hear everyone does it the first uh, the first home game. So against Wyoming, uh, we will not be doing the tailgate. But that not following week, but the week after, because I think it's when we come back from Michigan, we're going to be doing the tailgate. Hopefully we have good weather. Going to be out there cracking them. It's going to be a good time. But enough of business talk. Let's get into game week. I mean, I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know, I get to go out to the to the complex. I get to, you know, get my questions off, get my article prepared because I'm going to do a preview article later in the week, probably closer to Thursday or Friday, and just get everything together for this week. And it's like, dude, college football season is back. It is the best time of the year. We have the perfect opportunity, especially given the circumstances of last season, going 0-6, not really having that that statement game, but we are here. The season from last year is in the past. The team is hungry. The team is talented. The team is polished. They got bigger. They got faster. They got stronger. They got smarter. And they added some more guys. So going into week one, Georgia Tech, non-conference opponent, we're going on the road. The over-under is 58.5 points, and the line is uh, Northern Illinois plus 18, which is two touchdowns and a field goal or Northern Illinois money line plus 650. Obviously for our listeners that are in the state of Illinois, can't gamble on them. Just going over the numbers strictly for the people that are outside the state, people that would be traveling, whichever way you may have it. If I was a betting man and, and I would be betting on Northern Illinois, no matter what, because I'm a team guy, I would say plus 18 is a lock. Probably one of the biggest locks of the weekend. And I honestly think that we have a chance to win this game outright. So for our for our betting listeners, take it for what it's worth. I personally don't see Georgia Tech beating anyone by 18 points, much less us. And I truly believe 
that with the momentum that we've built in this offseason, we have a great chance to win this game outright, plus 650 money line, which is an insane payout for this matchup between three and seven Georgia Tech and 0 and six us. To get into the matchup, Jeff Sims right out the gates. Dual threat quarterback, someone that can do it with his legs, someone that has a good arm, as Devin alluded to a little bit earlier, not as consistent, but has the deep ball, has the ability to stretch the field and keep your defensive backs honest, but he can also do it with his legs. So there's a a couple different ways that this guy can hurt you. I think like James and like Devin said, and if you guys take time, go ahead and listen to the NIU press conference from this week. They talked about making sure that we can completely eliminate the running game to make this kid beat us with his arm. And I really like that mindset and I like that, that tenacity. And I really hope that they're able to execute it because I mean, we see it week in and week out, especially in college football. There's more dual threats in college football than there are in the NFL. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw him in the same category of player of like a Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, but this kid can flat out boogie. This kid can move, he can run and he's going to be able to stretch the field. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they throw at him as far as blitz packages. The defensive ends are going to have to contain, like it's their job out there on Saturday to make sure that, you know, on those read options and when he's able to pull and, and get away that he doesn't get far because you, you know, you hate to see, you know, you get, you get to like third down, third down and eight, and you got everyone covered except for the quarterback, Mr. 11, and he finds a way to hurt you and get that first down. So it will be interesting to see how they match up uh, against this is a power five team. I mean, don't forget, I'm not one to put too much weight into power five group of five. It's big on big. It's football. You still got to see me between those lines and you still got to score points and prevent us from scoring. And I, and I really think that with the addition of Rocky Lombardi for us, this offense could be expected to be scoring at or around 30 points a game every single week. And again, too much ammo in the offensive room, wide receiver position. Guys like Muhammad Torre can be expected to make big strides this year. Guys like Fabian McCray, guys like Billy Dozier, guys like Trayvon Rudolph. Like there is talent all over this offense. We're, just talking of receivers at this point. Don't forget about Miles Joyner or Liam Sorhan at tight end. Don't forget about Harrison Whaley, Aaron Collins, and the rat dog. Like, come on, my mans. It's going to be insane to see how these, how this group of guys, after dealing with adversity all year last year, after not winning a football game, after, for lack of better words, being embarrassed in Mac play, come out in week one because week one is the most upset prone week. It's the wildest week of the season. We're going to see crazy upsets all across the board and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think, and this is not the Homer in me. This is not the, the NIU guy in me. None of that. I truly think we have a chance to win this game. And this podcast, I, I forgot we're a cursed podcast. Um, we'll count a couple of basketball victories. The Darius Bean walk-off comes to mind uh, instantly. But as a podcast, we have not experienced a post-game show where we won the game. 
I think this is the week that we get to experience that post-game show where we win the game. So going back to Georgia Tech, some guys to watch out for. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, running back, number one player. Saw him a little bit last season. Real quality, able to hurt you in the open field pretty quick. It'll be interesting to see how they run the read option, but they're also going to run this. You know, they're going to try to stretch the field. They're going to try to use these young receivers and these tight ends and even Jameer Gibbs himself out in the flats to get those extra yards. But looking at Sim 6'3", 210, not the smallest guy, uh, not the biggest guy either, but definitely going to be someone that's hard to bring down. Uh, probably gained a little bit of weight. He was a little bit slimmer, I'll say, last season when I was uh, when I was able to watch him. I don't remember him being as big. Offensively, I I personally, and I asked this in the press conference earlier this afternoon, I think it's very important to get first drive points, whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown. We cannot leave the first quarter without points on the board, and we need to make sure, let's say that, for the sake of winning this game, we need to score north of 30 points. Four touchdowns and a field goal, three touchdowns and some field goals, however which way you want to cut it, we're going to need north of 30 points to win this game. And I think they finally have the offense that can do it. Uh, no knock on last year's team. It was a different animal. Uh, the offensive line, again, a year older, a year bigger, a year stronger, wiser. Got my guy Braden Patton, the anchor out there at center, leading the way, the captain. And the way Rocky Lombardi has been leading this team, you know, Coach Hammock talked a lot a lot during the press conference today. They feel very confident going into this game. For a lot of guys on this team, this is their first game in college football at full capacity. Very tall task going on the road, non-conference, power five school, say whatever you want. That environment may get to people early. Don't be surprised if you see some of the younger underclassmen a little rattled by that environment. I believe from what I heard earlier, they're going to be doing a whiteout. So everybody in the stands going to probably like look like how when Penn State does the whiteout where everybody's wearing like a white and gold tee like, or a white Georgia Tech tee, and it's going to be loud. It's going to be hectic. It's going to be chaotic. But that's where guys like Cole Tucker and guys like Tyrese Ritchie and Rocky Lombardi, and Clint, and, and Braden Patton, and Lance DeVoe, and all these, these upperclassmen that have been through it, that have played in these big games, that have played against the Nebraskas, that have played against the Florida States, that have played in all these marquee matchups for Northern, they're going to make sure that those young guys stay, you know, stay level-headed, they come correct, they don't get too hot-headed. And I think Cole Tucker said it perfectly in the press conference today, especially for, you know, or, or, exclusively for the you know receiver room because it was a question you know geared towards the receiver room he said the one thing that he's noticed you know the most from this year's receiver room to last year's receiver room it's it's not that there's many new guys or there's only a handful and we really if you look at it just lost Dennis Robinson to Texas State the maturity the way that that group has been able to grow and and grow together and I personally think that with a brand new quarterback, it's not a new system, a quality running game, and the amount of weapons that he has at their disposal at his disposal, it could get ugly for DBs out there. And and Georgia Tech last year was giving up 270 yards in the air and 198 yards on the ground. So, I mean, to be honest, 
you guys will all get a kick. I don't think they could have stopped that Bishop Sycamore team that played IMG the other day. Like they weren't stopping nobody. So it goes back to my statement with, with uh, the Vegas, the Vegas shit. It's like, I don't think anyone in the world would get beat by Georgia Tech by 18 points. I don't think they're good enough to beat anyone by 18 points. So I think that line's kind of phony, but I think this game is a lot closer than the experts, than the analysts, than the Twitter suits and the blue checkmark brigade are all anticipating it. I think it's going to be a junkyard game. I think it's probably going to be maybe mid fifties for, for total points. I think, like I said, we need 30 points total to win this game. It could be less. I could be wrong, not law, but I personally think the momentum that this team carried towards the end of last season, take a look at the ball state game, take a look at the way they compose themselves in spring camp, the additions they made, transfers i think they're in a very good position to go out there on saturday and shock and put the mac conference on notice and put that cuck ryan mcgee on notice who had us as one of the bottom it was a three-headed monster it was us akron and bowling green all as one of the bottom 10 teams in college football so i look forward to circling back on that uh, when we are in fact not one of the worst 10 college football teams because I think this is a team that has enough in the schedule to match to go bowling. I don't know if we're a MAC championship competitive team this year, but I'd, I'd like to think that way. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to go out and say that they would do it, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities. But I do I do personally believe that this team will have enough to go six and six. The two non conference games outside of Georgia Tech and Michigan are Wyoming and Maine. I think those are two very winnable games and. Hey, if you get a win right here in week one against Georgia Tech, you only need five more to go to a bowl game. And very possible. And Coach Hammock hasn't been to a bowl game since he's been the head coach here. So that would mean a lot to him to get to a bowl game and to progress this program, especially with how young our roster is and the young players that, like I said, haven't even gotten an opportunity to play this type of game, this away game on the road statement game against a non-conference power five, which haven't been able to do it. So going into this week, I think the keys for offense are if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Get our guy Tyrese Ritchie involved very early. Get that, you know, get everybody involved, get the whole receiver room up and running early, get some easy passes, some quick passes to get Rocky's confidence up. Let Rocky use his legs. I think Rocky's very talented with his legs. Uh, He can run the ball. He's quick. He's a big guy, so he's not going to be the easiest tackle in the open field. And he's a good decision maker. I I trust him to make the right decision on whether he's got to throw the ball or he's got to, you know, tuck and run. But at the same time, with the rotation of backs, guys like Ontario Brown, with guys like Clint Rakovich, with guys like Javion Ducker, with guys like Aaron Collins and Harrison Whaley, it's like, Five different backs. Can you imagine what Jeff Collins is doing right now trying to figure out which back a former, you know, All-American running back for NIU is trying to to put out there for his team? And we can get into the shenanigans of the game because Jeff Collins did not put out a, uh, a depth chart for this game. Uh, so in response, Coach Hammock said, I'm not going to put out a depth chart for this game. If you guys are going to give us, you know, the uh, the two deep depth chart where it just kind of shows us what players will be available, not who's going to start, then we don't have to do that. So we're not going to give you one either. So I actually don't have a, 
a depth chart, but I can kind of spitball and say confidently it'll be Rocky Lombardi, some mixture of, of Clint and, and Harrison Whaley and Aaron Collins probably to start at the running back position. Wide receiver, obviously Tyrese Ritchie, number one. Speculating, of course, but I'm going to probably say Cole, Cole Tucker, number two. Trayvon Rudolph in the slot. Messiah Travis, Fabian McCray, and Muhammad Torre probably all getting in as rotational guys, but still seeing meaningful snaps out there on Saturday. And then on the defensive side of the ball, question marks in the secondary. Uh, we don't really know who that second corner is going to be opposite of Jordan Gandy. I had talked a little bit with Dylan Thomas, and I'm not sure if Dylan's going to be playing um, um, safety or corner. It could be Dylan Thomas opposite of, of, of Jordan Gandy. It could be Zemaine March. It could be a variety, guys. It could be Eric Rogers. He had a good camp. Jay Sean Prophet. Anybody. Miles McGee, the Georgia guy. Well, that'd be a, quite some secondary. Put the Georgia guys back there with uh, Miles McGee and Devin Lafayette. But I guess it's gonna be interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, he's keep, you know, Coach Hammock was keeping this one close to the vest, and partially, I'm not even gonna say partially. It's it's because at least that's what he said in the press conference, because Georgia Tech did not put out a a roster or a death chart. So interesting stuff, but defensively, secondary, obviously Lafayette, uh, Gandy, a couple different options at corner. With Kyle Pugh being out, uh, I'm going to probably say Nick Routine, linebacker, obviously he's captain, Lance DeVoe, and... Probably going to be Daver and Rayner. Played phenomenal last year in Lance DeVoe's absence. And the kid has a really bright future. He's only a freshman. So he started five games in a six-game season. Played very, very well. So interesting stuff to see. We're going to probably see a lot of rotation on the defensive line. A lot of talent up there. And it's going to be really hot. So expect rotating all across the board. But this is a team that's deep enough to do it and talented enough to not lose too much when they are rotating. From a special team standpoint, one would expect to see Trayvon Rudolph back there receiving punts and receiving kicks. Our guy Legatron, Matt Ferentz, will be taking care of the punts. And then John Richardson's back to handle the field goals and, I believe, kickoffs as well. For this game, like I said, we, we haven't had a victory on this podcast. It's frustrating. Similar to not being in person last year, it's it's something that I can't control. But what I can't control is the narrative and how I react to each game. And, and personally, like, there was some games that we didn't win last year that I could sit back and confidently say, like, hey, maybe we didn't win, but we can take the moral victories away from, from that game. And, and this year, I think there's going to be a handful of victories. I personally think there will be enough to make it to a bowl game. I have Northern Illinois pulling off the upset. Call me a homer. Call me crazy. Call me what you want. Like I said earlier in the episode, I don't have Georgia Tech beating anybody by 18 points in this nation <laughs> in college football. And the plus plus 650 money line is very juicy. So we'll see what happens in that regard. But I have Northern taking the game 31 to 27. It's going to be a very tight game. It's going to be very competitive. But I think we pull it out late. And I think... I'll go pregame offensive MVP. I'm going to go Rocky Lombardi. He's going to lead the charge, say over 250 yards, maybe 300 total factor in the rushing yards. And then on the defensive side of the ball, a man who joined me earlier in the episode and a man who's, who's going to have his homecoming game, his first game with fans in college football, 
our guy, Devin Lafayette. I think he's going to come away with a pick, and I hope that he can bring it back to the end zone because that would be absolutely amazing. But I got Rocky and Rocky Lombardi and Devin Lafayette as my pregame predicted MVPs. I guess you would say that's who I think is going to ball out this weekend. And I have us coming away with a 31-27 to victory. I guess we'll find out on Saturday, 6.30, ACC Network Central Standard Time. Uh, I will not be in the area for the game. I'm going to actually be uh, out, out back in my hometown watching with some friends, but I look forward to being there uh, next week for the Wyoming game. And if you see me out there, don't, don't be shy. But we're also going to be out there on Tuesday at Fatty's next week. Finally here, man. Finally got us a live show, got us a location, got someone that, and we got someone that believed in us. And and I can't thank, uh, you know, Jeff and Tim over at Fatty's enough for taking a chance on me, on ONTAP Sports, and on Huskies on Tap to have us be their live entertainment for NIU football season. It means the world to me. And I cannot wait to have so much fun with everybody that comes out to the live shows. And, and even if there isn't a lot of people, we can get rowdy. It's still going to be fun. It's still going to be informative. Uh, it's going to be interactive, obviously, with, with people in the crowd. Maybe we'll throw a question your guys' way, get you guys involved. And like I said, you know, hopefully we'll be joined by coaches and players. So with that being said, going bold, saying it with my chest, putting the meat on the table. I got NIU 31. I got Georgia Tech 27. I got us coming back home with a victory, starting that season 1-0, heading into the home opener against Wyoming. But again, I appreciate everybody for listening to this week's episode of Huskies on Tap, presented by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. During the interview portion of this episode, we were joined by NIU safety Devin Lafayette and NIU defensive lineman James Esther. Make sure you keep an eye out for those guys this weekend, number one and number three. I look forward to seeing them make big plays. And just don't forget to tune in and support this team. We'll be live tweeting uh, from the Huskies on tap account during the game. I can't wait to see you guys on the other side. I personally think this is the week. I think this is the greatest opportunity that we've had, bar none, over the last year to go out there on the ACC network in front of the nation, primetime slot at 630, and prove who we are as the 2021 NIU Huskies. But I got nothing else for you guys. I really do appreciate everyone for listening to today's episode. Make sure you guys throw fatties a follow. Make sure you guys throw Devin Lafayette a follow. And my guy, James Esther. I can be found at BDON300, and our main account is Huskies on Tap. Be on the lookout for the pregame article with exclusive quotes, sound bites from this week's press conference and this week's media outside of the podcast. But again, we appreciate everyone for listening. Join us at Fatties on Tuesday. Get out there on Saturday to watch the game, and go Huskies. I got drinks on living left in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks and living left. In the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for none. I took the heart away. 12 put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard.